This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. You are still listening to Power Weekend Breakfast with me, Nompumelelo Ngubeni. And, um, you know, we're going to look at Kenya championing the greater use of renewable energy in Africa, generating up to 70% of their renewable energy sources, such as um, geothermal, hydro and wind energy. And during the inaugural inaugural Africa Climate Summit in Nairobi, uh, the president, William Ruto, echoed that Africa can manage to depend entirely on renewable energy. William Ruto needs to come to South Africa and teach us a thing or two. Uh, to talk about this, we are joined by Kenyan blogger and award-winning journalist Daniel uh, Ominde. Thank you so much for joining us, Daniel. Good morning. Daniel, let's start with uh, then looking at uh, the Kenyan government zero rates, how they've encouraged sales through uh, solar panels and inverters. So Kenya has really been at the forefront of pushing for, you know, climate change uh, mitigation and adaptation. And I think even from the previous administration of President Uhuru Kenyatta, the message from Kenya to the global community was 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 quite clear quite concise that we need to act now and this was part of just walk, trying to walk the talk so Kenya being known for you know its innovative environment and 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 and, and so on um, locally we tried to the government tried to bring in policies over the years and this is this is something that president Ruto has just extended in his administration is picked up that strong voice of you know African leadership when it comes to you know climate the climate change agenda and mm. part of walking that talk is it means like making you know solar energy accessible both for people who want to install and use it for domestic purposes but also you look at the bulk of our energy consumption our energy consumption is being done you know at the industrial level manufacturers mm. you know businesses corporate enterprises so to make it quite and they require re- really substantial you know um, um, sources of energy and to make like you know our um, uh, local domestic energy consumption really um, uh, clean or green it needs like um, a lot of um, policy shifts that then encourages you know mass adoption of green technologies we are in a situation where right now we're seeing even independent power producers going into investment in solar farms and, and, and wind power farms and some of that is then even injected into our natural our natural National grid, which is mostly, you know, served by renewable energy from geothermal and, um, and and hydroelectric power. But this is part of the larger conversation because if you look across the continent right now, one of the biggest things that we're talking about is basically, and from the lessons that we learned from, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic and right now the, the, the second shock of the what is happening in Eastern Europe is the disruption in terms of global supply chains. Mm. And what the COVID-19 pandemic for instance showed, showed us was like manufacturing was um, concentrated in, in, in China. What the current uh, crisis in, in the Eastern Europe is showing us is that food production is concentrated in Eastern Europe. So this is an opportunity for Africa to one, Africa to develop its industries and, and, and start local manufacturing. We will need a lot of energy to boost, you know, industrialization and manufacturing in Africa. And that has to be done, you know, from a very sustainable uh, standpoint using or taking advantage of 
green energy sources. And this is the example that Kenya is showing, you know, the rest of Africa or, or the rest of the world um, in this case. If Kenya's grid is, is, is between 80 and, and, and 70 percent, you know, um, powered by renewable energy, it means that this is something that can be achieved in the rest of Africa. We need to move far away from fossil fuels in powering our national grid is possible. Look at what um, the UN is saying, for instance, when it comes to, to, to this particular matter of renewable energy. Africa has like the best, you know, um, access to solar energy in the world. Like the potential for Africa to invest in solar energy is huge. We can power the whole, 60% of Africa's energy can come from um, from solar energy. But what is the consumption? What is the utilization or consumption currently at? We are only at one percent. So the potential is huge. And the message that's coming from Kenya, the message that came from you know the Africa Climate Summit in Nairobi, is that. We need to take advantage of these resources that we have. Mm. As we are planning for Africa's growth, we need to plan to grow Africa in a very sustainable way. Mm, Absolutely. I mean, how long did this uh, transition take? Um, And and what what has been the impact on residents of Kenya? Well, Kenya's transition, I think, was... It was not really a transition. It was a lot of it was by design, by design, because of Kenya's, um, uh, because of of Kenya's endowment with, uh, you know, you know, re- like uh, very huge rivers with with um, with you know a lot of water. Most of our energy sources initially was powered by hydroelectric. Hydroelectric mm. power is, is in itself, you know, a renewable source of energy, but it is also um, it is also very very clean. The only challenge with the hydroelectric power supply is that it is affected by climate change. So, for instance, if water levels reduces in the in the in the rivers, yeah, that affects uh, that affects the ability for country to, for the country to generate. Um, electricity but that has been augmented by you know the power that we produce from you know the our second largest um uh, resource which is you know the steam engines that are run out of the that are run from the geothermal um energy that we have like we have a quite um, um a large area in the country that's really rich in um in geothermal energy and that has been a really really big boost and that that really happened a lot in a lot in the 90s it did not happen out of you know the desire to have like green um, power. It was more like we need alternative sources of power, and that resource was already already there. Right now, I, I think it became much later that then we realizing, oh wait, this actually fits into the you know climate change agenda. It is a green mm. green green energy. So we have like we had the small bit of our energy back then introduced to wind and 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 um, and, and solar panels. That where we use diesel generators, and that was being used also to supplement because at around sometime in the 90s, uh, our power distribution was sort of shaky, like um, like what you're experiencing in in, in South Africa. We had um, you know power rationing, what you guys call load shedding, and so on and so yeah. forth. And we wanted to and we wanted to increase our power capacity. So that's when we looked the country looked at okay, what other additional resources do we have? Mm. And solar and wind and you know installations became became a, big, a huge part of it. And that's when we introduced the element of independent power producers. But that has worked and, in our favor. But I think every other country across the continent does not need to reinvent the wheel. We just need to see, like, okay, if Kenya has a working example, if this thing is working for Kenya, then how can we, you know, look at what's happening in Kenya? Sure. You know, the lessons that they've learned across the way, what's working, what's not working, mm. and then find a very sustainable way to, to, to scale this across, you know, the 54 or 55 countries of this continent. 
Uh, so, Daniel, then let's let's look at a solar technology um, imported into Kenya. It it continues to be taxed. How does this work for Kenya? Well, I think it's it's one of those challenges that are still having. Solar is still very still one of those sources um, of energy that's very difficult that's very expensive to to install yeah. um it's it, it's the same as um it's the same as you know trying to install wind power i mean wind power you probably need you know a lot of wind turbines it, it's 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 challenging but solar should be the easiest to install i think we need to just um have like um you know policies a policy shift and if if the, like the government has tried to walk this talk but it needs to go you know it still needs to go um a notch lower yeah we still having some 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 variable some varied taxes on solar inputs and 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 some of these products including the panel the, some of these are in the form of value added tax some of these are excess duty we need to have you know a lot of these like um to be tax exempt, um, to be tax exempt products, even further going further beyond zero rating, because for zero rating, you know that the, I mean, sometimes you you spend you spend you spend um, money on this uh, taxes on these items, but you're not able to rec- to recoup that tax back. You're not able to claim it as an input. But when when we have these products, um. um categorize as, as tax exempt then we are going to to in to increase um adoption right now it is still cheaper to install the grid um electricity than it is to install um power energy i mean solar energy but we need to elevate solar to a point where it is um it is not just sustainable but it's also affordable to to install in the first instance because that is Proving to be a barrier, and um, small domestic units are not able to install solar energy because of the amount of upfront, you know, um, capital that investment that you need to put in place to have, you know, a working um, mini or a working small uh, solar energy setup just for a single domestic unit. So once we upscale this from a domestic level and um, and 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 uh, um, and at the at, at the at the industrial level through friendly policies then we are we are able to even move further beyond um, and and and, and um, we are able to move further and satisfy our country's energy requirements sufficiently mm. Mm. solar and, and and meet our our energy demand and i think this is something like you know a country like south africa a direction where a country like south africa should really should really consider as well mm. i mean um you might not have you know the equatorial weather that kenya has which pro- which proves provides for us you know a lot of daylight which which is very instrumental in solar energy yeah. but the problem with load shedding um in south africa can partly be solved by by having you know multiple sources of energy and making some of most of this energy green and, and renewable. And so, uh, uh, you know, how did you navigate to the IPP um, area? It's a big uh, area of contention here in the country. Are most of those independent power uh, producers um, international <sighs> companies? Yeah, that's still there. Locally, there's still international companies with a bit of local ownership. It's also very contentious here. Right now, we, we are seeing a situation where these um, local independent power producers, for instance, supply um, less amount of energy to the national grid, mm. while our national energy um, provider, uh, that is um, Kenya, 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 Kenya Electric Generating Company, Kengen, 
produces the most um, with, with a difference of, you know, you know, six to, it's a six to, to four ratio. But the independent power producers are paid more than, you know, the, 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 the national company mm. that, that supplies um, most power to our, um, to, 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 to our electricity distributor. It is still an issue that's being, um, there's a lot of conversation around it. It's an issue that currently even um, undergoing a parliamentary audit, it, it's still not being streamlined, but we are looking, um, it, it's, the, the thing is, it is working, but it is not working the way we would like it to work because the financing model has not been streamlined, and that's, that's you know, the direction that we are moving towards. It is right now um, unfairly advant- advantaging um, independent power producers, but also I think if you look at it from another point of view, another perspective, the perspective of the investor, it is also still a very lucrative area for investments where we can have, if you're looking into investing in energy, then you are definitely guaranteed returns. And, and this is something that even businessmen and business uh, people should, should look forward. But I think something that came out for me that I, I wouldn't want to you know, get out of this conversation without uh, mentioning uh, is that you know, the, the one voice with which the, private, the African private sector spoke with at the Africa Climate Summit in Nairobi, because if you look about the challenges that we are having with the climate change, the you know the what we are witnessing right now the disruptive um uh, you know rain patterns you know the swelling of our oceans and rivers mm. what we are seeing you know with with the rising you know temperatures ac- across the globe these are effects of industrialization these are direct effects of um you know un- unsustainable industrialization that happened ways back and the planet is bleeding what the private sector in Africa says, like, look, it was look. As we are looking, as we are moving towards, you know, uh, bringing um, or um, uh, uplifting, uplifting the level of industrialization in, in the continent, we, they are committing to do that in a very sustainable way. And they are committing to work with government, to work with, you know, uh, to rally other members of the private sector, to work with development institutions and non-governmental institutions to ensure that that transition will keep the level of emissions in the continent at a level that's far much where, where, where it is right now. Right now, we are contrib- uh, the continent is contributing um, about 3% or less than 3% to, you know, to, 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 to green, um, to carbon emissions globally. They want to either to actually take that down, but still be able to ramp up industrialization, ramp up productivity, ramp up economic activity in mm-hmm. the continent. But the key word is in a very sustainable way, because that is very critical if we are, if we are going to need to take advantage of, uh, I mean, to, to react or not even react, but to be more proactive yeah. in, um, in, in managing um, our you know, uh, carbon footprint. Well, Daniel, I mean, they're very insightful uh, there. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.